everyone, welcome back to another episode of the J. Roldan Speaks podcast. It has been a long day and I'm sure it has been just the same for you. I don't know what it is that you've done, I don't know what it is that you've been doing, I don't know what your situation is, but I just want to say, if you're looking for a place of growth, intelligence, and a place of comfort, a place of remembering and reminding yourself of just how wonderful this world is and just how special you are as a human being, you're in the right place. All right? Here you can learn, you can cry, you can let out your frustrations. If you absolutely just hate poetry, if you love it, or are somewhere in between, or just kind of like don't know, maybe this is your first time listening to some poems. What we do here is we lift your spirits, we lift your soul, we lift your mind and your heart to listen to some good wholesome content some content that will uplift you that will remind you of just how amazing amazing this life is truly amazing and no matter what anybody tells you no matter what the situation is no matter what you've gone through i promise you there is something so much better for you and as simple and perhaps even generic as this sounds, don't give up. Don't ever give up. There's some wonderful people out there. There's some really great friends out there. There's some really great things to see and do, taste, smell, touch, and just overall hear and listen to. There's so many, so many good things out there. And I wanted to remind you of what those things are. So, if this is your first time here, I want to say, Bienvenidos. Bienvenidos a todos. Gracias por estar aquí. Estoy muy agradecido por ustedes. Estoy en un, bueno, en un buen lugar en mi vida. Y quiero compartir ese sentimiento con ustedes. Así que... Cualquier cosa que ustedes eh, están pensando o no sé qué ocurre precisamente en su vida, quiero llamarles la atención para que se queden aquí conmigo para, para escuchar unos poemas, unas letras sumamente y simplemente bueno para ti, bueno para tu salud, bueno para tu mente, bueno para tu corazón. Así que yo no te voy a solucionar tus problemas, pero... Lo que sí puedo decirte es que, por lo menos aquí, en este sitio, aquí conmigo, vamos a pasarla bien, vamos a pasarla juntos y aprender y también reflexionar. Y créeme que con esos dos simples objetos en tu vida, yo sé que tu vida va a cambiar y va a ser algo mucho más mejor para ti y vas a aprender y vas a realizar algo muy, muy bueno para, para tu corazón. Así que te invito para quedarte, ¿ya? Porque voy a leer poemas en inglés y castellano. Así que si ustedes no me responden en español, no lo voy a leer en español porque ¿a quién lo voy a leer? ¿Cierto? Así que quédense aquí conmigo y participen conmigo. ¿Ya? ¿Trato? Ok. All right, guys, you know the drill. Those of you who are regular followers, get those earphones, get those AirPods, get those headphones, 
find a place of comfort, some find a place to relax, find a place that you feel nice and cozy and safe and, you know, not so much distractions. I know most of us here are adults and, you know, we have all kinds of responsibilities, but just for maybe an hour of this evening, just relax, calm down. It's going to be all right. The dishes are going to be there, okay? They're not going to go anywhere. The laundry's going to be there. It's not going to go anywhere, okay? You'll have time for it. The kids are going to be okay, right? Hopefully they're in bed, but if not, you know, they're okay. They're okay. They're with their mama, right? They're with, they're with whoever, right? Their pop or whatever. <laughs> so everything's okay. Now it's time to listen to some great words. You guys ready? John Donne. It is titled The Indifferent. And those of you who are new to this live, real quick, I'm going to read this poem. I'm going to analyze it together. And then I'm going to share some stories and show you how I connect with this poem. And I want you to share your story. I want you to say what you're thinking about in the comments. And I want to give you a heads up, okay? A lot of times when I am explicating some of these poems, I'm deep in my thought, and I understand that it's a little frustrating that some of you are asking me or requesting things, but I really get lost in my thoughts and I'm so zoned in that I don't really have time to look at the, the comments here. And so I just want to let you know about ahead of time that it's not because I don't care about what you say, it's just I'm just truly in deep in thought. And so here's what I asked and said. There are some really great people on this live right now. Some people that are following right now. There's some really, really great people on there. And I want, and those, all my regular followers, those of you who are great people, those, and you know who exactly I'm talking about. So I want you to reach out to those guys that are asking questions. Maybe you can ask, answer them for me if you wouldn't mind. And, you know, any other sort of requests, maybe some of you can remind me of somebody what was asking about or something. So those of you who are new to this live, just go ahead and comment. And then one of these great people are going to reach out to you and like maybe even like, you know, help you and, and whatever answer, whatever question you may have. It's a, if it's answerable, I'm sure somebody here will help. So just FYI. OK. All right, guys. I'm so looking forward to tonight. It's going to be a great night, guys. So stick around. It's going to be so, so comforting and it's going to be so amazing. It's going to be such a stimulating conversation here and you're going to learn some things that you probably didn't learn before. So you guys ready? All right. Here we go, guys. I want to start off with a poem by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. And if you didn't follow my account on TikTok, I posted this poem yesterday. But I've read it before in other lives. And I figured it's going to be really appropriate for tonight's topic. And I'll tell you what our topic is going to be after I read this poem. So, you guys ready? Here we go. This is The Psalm of Life by the ever-so-talented Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Here we go.
tell me not. In mournful numbers, life is but an empty dream. For the soul is dead that slumbers, and things are not what they seem. And life is real, and life is earnest, and the grave is not its goal. Dust thou art, and to dust thou returnest, was not spoken of the soul. Not enjoyment and not sorrow is our destined end or way, but to act that each tomorrow find us farther than today. Art is long and time is fleeting, and our hearts, though stout and brave, still like muffled drums are beating. funeral marches to the grave. In the world's broad field of battle and the bivouac of life, be not like dumb cattle, be a hero in the strife. Entrust no future, however pleasant, and let the dead past bury its dead. in the living present, heart within and God overhead. And lives of great men all remind us, we can make our lives sublime. And departing leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. Footprints that perhaps another sailing over life's solemn main, a forlorn and shipwrecked brother, seeing shall take heart again. And let us then be up and doing, with a heart for, a, for any fate, a heart for any fate, still aching, still pursuing, learn to labor. There is a word in this poem that is one of the most important key words in this entire poem. And I know you know what this means, but it's the word soul. Okay? It's the word soul. Now, why is this word so important? You see, Longfellow, the poet, was reminding us that, you know, we can go through some of the most painful situations in our life, right? Breakups, job losses, family, just havoc, and all kinds of other turmoil that you can experience. And I know some of you have experienced that 
to its most frustrating degree. But, oh, another thing that Longfellow adds is physically you can also endure that pain, right? Like you could go through some really horrific tragedies and things that really like changed your life forever, right? The way you live. And nothing more is debilitating mentally than knowing that you are debilitated physically in some way. And I actually have a little interesting news that I can share with you guys that I haven't shared before, actually. But I'll share with that a little bit later. Let me get back to Longfellow's point here. So he says, even though you have all of these issues... Right, all of this pain, all of this heartache, and just excruciating pain. There is one thing that cannot be destroyed, that cannot be taken, that cannot be doused, and that is the soul. You see, in the second verse of this poem, he says, Life is real and life is earnest. Now, why are those two important statements? Because whoever's listening to this, right? Whoever's reading this poem, they are absolutely distraught. And I know many of you have experienced this before and probably know somebody currently. But when you talk to somebody that is absolutely distraught, okay? If you, I want you to like look up the word distraught, okay? It is a very, very heavy, heavy word. Someone that is distraught is basically a shell and they're so hollow inside that they cannot fully function as we're designed to be, right? Which is thinking, feeling, right? All of these facets of our bodies, right? But someone that is distraught needs to be reminded that life is real because people that are distraught truly have some of them not all of them but people that are distraught have beginning stages of like disillusionment right like they start looking at sorry not disillusionment but illusionment right like they actually start seeing things that aren't real and aren't there and they actually start seeing disillusionment in the reality itself right like like reality becomes something that is not real anymore why because for them it's a preservative mechanism because what happens when you are in pain? You want to be not in pain, right? I mean, it's a simple logic, right? Like that's just the way nature works and that's how our body works. If it's in pain, it doesn't want to be in pain and it shouldn't be in pain. So therefore in the mind, it's the same thing, right? In the heart as well. If you are disillusioned or illusioned, then you're going to go from one spectrum to the other, right? From one side to the other. So a person that is distraught, is absolutely delusional right and i mean that with respect by the way okay this is just a natural facet of somebody that is just distraught and so longfellow here says life is real and life is earnest in other words not only do you have to remind yourself that everything that you see smell hear touch taste all of that is real and you need to remind yourself that all of that is real but not only that, 
life is also earnest, right? Like you actually have to like live it. It's not given to you without purpose, without cause. You have to live it. Which is why I love this word earnest, right? Like, I mean, in many, I mean, yes, earnest means like somebody that's sincere, right? Somebody that's like honest or is convicted with like, with, with, with a true intense uh, morality, right? Like, like somebody that is showing sincerity, right? But see that word itself, right? To earn, okay? That's part of the root of earnest, right? Like, if you want to be sincere, you have to, like, earn it, <laughs> yeah? Like, life is earnest, life is sincere, but it's also something that you have to live. You have to live it, whether you like it or not. But there's joy in choosing to live it and coming to terms with accepting that you have to live this life and yes it is frustrating for many people right like all kinds of situations that are probably excruciating and yeah i mean almost seems like it's there's no solution but wait wait how did you get to that point in the first place Here's something that I learned real quick when I was in my most darkest season of my life. I played the blame game and I blamed so many people for all of the wrongdoings in my life, all of the pain, all of the heartaches. I blamed so many people. And the only person that I didn't blame is myself. And I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but you're going to have to face the reality that you were part of that equation. And I know it's not pleasant. I know you don't want to hear it. But you're going to have to be self-reflective and actually see your own image and actually acknowledge your own faults. It's a hard pill to swallow, but trust me, once you do, and you do it with earnesty, diligence, and most important, gratitude, you will start to see why you got to that place. And yes, it's going to be different for most people if not everyone, but we're all going to have similar traits here. We're all going to have similar characteristics. After I was done blaming everybody else, you know what I did in that process, by the way, of blaming everybody else? I excluded myself from them because I didn't want them. Indirectly, I didn't want them in my life. I even did that to my own family my own brothers my own father and my own like closest people in my life i did that to them even when they were trying to reach out they were trying to love on me they were trying to just like be there but no i was so 
centralized in my pain and frustration that no, I was trying to justify it and just say, leave me alone. I want to live how I want to live. And I'm going to do it on myself, on my own. <laughs> but that is the wrong, wrong, wrong option. That's the wrong choice. And once I realized what I did, which was blaming everybody except myself, once I acknowledged all the wrongs that I've done, I started seeing patterns in my behavior. All the things that I didn't do, didn't do well. And one of those was to isolate myself. I needed to find a way to not isolate myself anymore. Be very careful with believing the do-it-yourself culture. It is good to do once in a while, especially like if you are like teaching someone to be, you know, independent to some degree. But at the same time, it can be dangerous because you learn to not be in community. You learn to be not communing. You learn not to communicate. Human beings aren't designed to be alone, y'all. All right. I mean, the fact that we learn how to read and write and we like speak through gestures and intonations. That right. That in itself should be an evidence enough why we are designed to communicate. Okay. The word in itself means that we need community. <laughs> if you start talking to yourself, that's probably not a good thing. And yes, I know most of us do it sometime during the day. But we, but it's temporal, right? Because we know at the end of the day, like we're going to be talking to somebody, at least some point, right? Some some point during the week. There are all kinds of studies that show the psychological breakdown of someone that is isolated, right? I mean, NASA is doing this, has been doing this for the last three decades, right? When they're preparing for all kinds of missions, right? Especially the one that they're supposedly going to do for Mars, right? Like. Like there's some elements of danger there because someone can truly lose their mind. So getting back to my point here, guys, Longfellow wants us to acknowledge the importance of the soul. And I like this word soul. Okay. It's, it's, it's something that most people know what it means, like know knows how to knows how to recognize it, but we don't really know how to explain it, <laughs> right? Try to ex try explain, and just to prove my point, try to explaining what the soul is to like a ten year old, <laughs> right? It's it's actually kind of fun. It's 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 really fun conversation. You should you should definitely try at some point. But my point is guys is that we recognize what a soul is, but we don't know how to explain it, which is very odd, right? Cuz how can you explain something you don't really understand? But yet we do it anyway, right? So here's one way of breaking it down. 
those of you who are new to this life, one of the ways I recommend you analyzing anything, right? right? Whatever your profession is, is by doing something called an etymology. And etymology means the study of a word. And when you study a word, you study its history, like where it came from, what language of origin, what are its root words, that's what etymology does. Okay, you look at the history of a word, where it came from. And if you do this, then you will understand why words and how words sort of like progressed and changed over time. I mean, we have words today from my from young kids today that are saying things that don't actually mean what it meant originally right like for example somebody that says fire right oh man that's fire like fire is like dangerous right like it's hazardous why would you want to say something that is is on fire right <laughs> but no fire means today it's like no it's cool man that's that thing's hot right like that's why they mean by fire <laughs> but so words always keep changing right and that's actually a good thing by the way okay I, i'm not complaining about that all i'm saying is etymology is a good habit to have so if you want to grow intellectually, if you want to expand your knowledge, then one of the ways to do it is by doing and performing a etymology of words. So here goes my explanation of the word soul. Longfellow uses this word on purpose, and he only uses it a couple of times in the poem, but it's so critical to the entire poem. Why? Because this poem is about celebrating the beauty of life and the importance of living it and, and, and willfully choosing to accept that you have to live it. Like, I know that seems like a, a kind of a, a, a harsh reality because we don't like to be forced to do things, right? Because we're human beings and we're so prideful and we want to like just do things on our own and just, you know, think that our own willpower is going to like solve the world's problems and ourselves, which is, you know, honestly, it's delusional, but it's a nice attempt, okay? <laughs> but Longfellow wants us to focus on the word soul and so the word soul stems from a latin word for almare okay almare has two very distinct sorry about that two very distinct um words associated with almare okay the first one is the word mar okay mar which means ocean Okay, and it's also similar to Spanish, by the way, but it means ocean, right? So there's an element of water in the soul, right? And of course, water is extremely important to the body. You have to have water, right? We have so much water in our skin and in our organs. It has to, we, we can't, our body cannot properly function if you don't drink water, guys, okay? Just FYI, okay? You can drink all the stuff that you want, but ultimately you're gonna have to drink water, guys. Like, you can't exist without it absolutely cannot so there's an importance of the soul being compared to water as an important element something that you cannot live without now what's the second word associated with almare well almare has a very very like tiny little root in there that's 
Amar. Okay? Amar. Which sounds a little bit Arabic, actually. But that is to love. So, the vitality of and importance of water and for you to accept, willfully accept the fact that you need this water, that you need to live it. The soul is a living water. And isn't it interesting, there is one man that was recorded and documented in history that is referred to as the, the living water. And his name was Jesus. Isn't that interesting? The soul is so important. And it was designed to be important. That you should love it. You have no choice. I mean, you kind of do, but if you accept it, right? Like, if you accept the fact that you need to live this life and willfully do it, right? Like, do you realize how much that's going to help you persevere? You see, Wordsworth in that same poem says this, Life is real and life is earnest, and the grave is not its goal. Let me repeat that for you. The grave is not its goal. There's something here that he knows that wants us to also learn and understand there is a vitality to our life. We're not meant originally to die, but through selfishness, isolation, and all kinds of other debilitating characteristics that has tainted man's soul. We live in a world where, yeah, we are gonna die. But that's not what it was originally designed to be. It was not meant for the grave. And then the best line in this entire poem, the best line in this entire poem is this next line here, it says, Dust thou art, and to dust thou returnest. Was not spoken of the soul. You see, our bodies can break down, they can decompose, and they can rot, and they can break. But that was not designed for the soul to be as well. Originally. Not enjoyment and not sorrow is our destined end or way.
but to act and that each tomorrow find us farther than today. A message that comes from an even greater message. And I want to encourage you guys to look for that message yourself because when you do, you will have a zest for life and a living water that can never ever be quenched. days of sadness and loneliness and frustration and all kinds of other things that you rely on like all right can i just share this real quick (laughs) i know i've said this before in other lives but if there's any dudes in this life seriously if there's any dudes in this life and Ladies, I know you guys know lots of men in your life. Maybe you have brothers, uncles, cousins, whatever, or just like coworkers or neighbors or whatever. Maybe you're, maybe you have a companion in your life, right? That's a, that's a guy. And so, look, we're all broken, guys. Every single one of us is broken. Some of us do a better job of like hiding it and like sort of not allowing for that brokenness to be displayed right some of us have learned to be at peace with some of that brokenness right and then some of us actually learn to like let it go and just like say okay yes i am broken i'm not perfect but i choose to follow a creator that is all encompassing all loving and is perfect and he's going to take away and carry all of that burden from me but here's where i want to go with this don't put your worth and your value in someone else you can love them and they can love you and you can have some of the most comforting conversations and you know moments together but the moment that you place your faith and trust or not trust but your faith and, and and your and your value okay your worth in another human being you're setting yourself up for even more brokenness and more heartache you see one of the reasons i know some of you guys have been asking me through dms and stuff and 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 here's here's my answer to to that very common question that i get asked longer dwell in someone else's value of me (laughs) you know what I mean like if 
if I'm interested in them, I yeah, I I will respect and pursue them and just like help them in any way I can, right? But at the same time, I'm very conscientious that they're just as broken as I am and therefore I don't want to place my worth in them because that's just not how I no longer have to carry that burden of feeling lonely or lost or frustrated or broken by someone else because my value and my worth comes from something far better however that doesn't mean that I don't and I can't love them of course I do if I say that I love you, then I love you. <laughs> and I will do what I need to do to cherish you, to honor you. But I'm not easily lured by looks. I'm not easily lured by charm. I'm not easily lured by all those other things because those are the things that are a testament to the state of being that you're in. <laughs> so, chin up, read some wholesome content, listen to some wholesome content, and just remember, this life is so incredible. So many good things here. So many beautiful things. Alright. You guys ready for the next poem? This is titled The Indifferent by John Dunn. You guys ready? Here we go. I can love both fair and brown, her whom abundance melts, and her whom what betra want betrays, her who loves loneliness best, and her who masks and plays, her whom the country formed and whom the town her who belies believes and her who tries and her who still weeps with spongy eyes and her who is dry cork and never cries I can love her and her and you and you and I can love any so she be not true Will no other vice content you? 
Will it not serve your turn to do as did your mother's? Or have you all old vices spent and now would find out others? Or doth the fear that men are true torment you? O oh, we are not, and be not you so. And let me and do you twenty know. Rob me, but bind me not, and let me go. And must I, who came to travail, thorough you? Grow your fixed subject, because you are true? Venus heard me say, sigh this song, and by love's sweetest part variety she swore. She heard not this till now, and that it should be so no more. And she went and examined, and returned ere long, and said, Alas, some two or three poor heretics in love there be, which think to establish dangerous consistency. But I have told them, since you will be true, you shall be true to them who are false to you. Mm. Ooh. That was The Indifferent by John Donne. Okay. Y'all. You need to read this poem again. And here's why. See, John Donne is talking about a man who is indifferent. But why is he indifferent? Because he no longer sees his worth and places his worth in a woman. Now, wait. He loves her. Wholeheartedly loves her. Okay? There's no, there's no like, denying that. He loves her very much. But... He also sees like the turmoil that she's going through, right? Like the things that she's insecure about, the things that she's like constantly just like going from point A to B, C, D, and it's like all over the place. And so he's indifferent because he's patient. Because he's not lured and in many ways pulled and manipulated by all of these different perspectives and sentiments he knows what he's worth he knows what his value is he knows who he is and therefore he can love her in the best way possible and the love that she needs which is someone that is stable someone that has character someone that is has a place of rest which is where we get the word ethos right it's a greek word for stability for character for trustworthiness someone who is indifferent that is not quick to condemn people that is not impatient to love someone and to properly, properly love them. Mm. 
Will no other vice content you? This is a question he asks her. Will no other vice content you? Will it not serve your turn to do as did your mother's? Or have you all old vices spent and now would find out others? There's something lacking in this woman that he's talking to, or he's referring to. We don't know what those are, but there's something in her past that is constantly just gnawing at her, metaphorically speaking. So, what does he do? He just waits in indifference. Because he sees the conflict internally that she's going through. And so, what's the best way to love them? You just wait. And you just are indifferent. That's the sign of a peaceful man, y'all. That's the sign of a man that knows what he's worth. He knows what he's doing. He knows who he is. He doesn't place his worth and his value on someone else. But he can still love her. See what I mean? No matter what your experiences were, no matter what you've gone through, no matter all the things that you just think that nobody's going to love you, you see, someone will because they are in, they are indifferent. They're patient and they're and they truly understand the concept and the practice of being compassionate. See what I mean? It's too good. It's too wonderful. It's too amazing. It, this is amazing love. Just think about it. Amazing love. Alright. Let me share with you all another fantastic, fantastic poem. This one's titled... Us Two. This is written by, um, sorry, I forgot the, the poet's name. It's uh, He's actually a writer. He wrote um, A.A. Milne, sorry, the, the writer of Winnie the Pooh, <laughs> right? The creator of, of, of Winnie the Pooh. All right, so A.A. Milne, and he wrote a poem called Us Two. It's very cute. You guys ready? Here we go. We're going to start. Actually, I'm going to take a drink of water real quick. You guys know what to do. Tap that screen until I stop drinking water. And then we're going to continue reading Us Two by A.A. Mill.
wherever I am, there's always poo. There's always poo in me, and whatever I do, he wants to do. Where are you going today? Says Poo. Well, that's very odd. Cause I was too. Let's go together. Says Poo. Says he. And let's go together. Says Poo. What's twice eleven? I said to Poo. Twice what? Said Poo to me. I think it ought to be twenty-two. Just what I think myself. Said Poo. It wasn't an easy sum to do. But it's but that's what it is. Said Poo. Said he. And that's what it is. Said Poo. Let's look for dragons. I said to Poo. Yes, let's. Said Poo to me, and we crossed the river and found a few. Yes, those are the dragons, all right. Said Poo. As soon as I saw their beaks, I knew, and that's what they are. Said Poo. Said he, and that's what they are. Let's frighten the dragons," I said to Pooh. "That's right," said Pooh to me. "I'm not afraid," I said to Pooh. <laughs> and I held his paw and I shouted, "Shoo!" Silly old dragons! And off they flew. <laughs> I wasn't afraid," said Pooh. "Said he, 'I'm never afraid with you.' So wherever I am, there's always Pooh, and there's always Pooh in me." What would I do? And what would you do? I said to Pooh. If it wasn't for you, and Pooh said true. It isn't much fun for one, but two can stick together. Says Pooh. Says he. And that's how it is. Says Pooh. Good to have a companion, no? Even if sometimes it's a make-believe one, right? See, even the mind creates companions for ourselves because we don't want to be alone. We shouldn't be alone. There's something extraordinary about having a great companion. The importance of friendship within a a couple. So, if there's any young people in this live or on the podcast when you listen to this, 
This is probably going to be a very difficult practice to do nowadays. But I hope that you wholeheartedly do your best to understand and truly acknowledge the importance of taking your time when you date, when you're thinking about dating somebody. Don't rush into things, man. There's no, no reason for it. You might be lured by certain things that you are thinking that you're feeling in your body, but you need to establish and create a true friendship. And I will sustain your relationship for a very long time, if not for the rest of your life. And I'm going to say something here that I know is agreeable to many, but there's also some that won't agree with this. <laughs> but I'm going to say it anyway. I say this with a lot of kindness, experience, and respect, by the way, <laughs> but the only true friendship between a man and a woman, okay, the only true, genuine, loving, and lasting friendship between a man and a woman is when it is done between two intimate companions. So if, you know, obviously if they're girlfriend, boyfriend, if they're fiancés, or if they're a husband or your wife, right? This is the only true friendship that a man and woman can have. And if it's not within that realm, then I'm sorry, ladies, but some of you probably have some good guy friends, but the truth of the matter is most of those guys really are just waiting for an opportunity to be with you. So, those aren't real friendships. Now, you can be friends, obviously, with your own gender. <laughs> that's not a problem, right? That can, that's, that's genuine, right? That can be true. That can be trustworthy. And that can be, you know, a stable place. Right? But between a man and a woman, you can't really be friends. That can only be... That's reserved for your lifelong companion, right? Like your husband, your wife, fiancé, right? Girlfriend. Like, those are true friendships between a man and woman. Which leads me to this next piece of advice for young men out there <laughs> and 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 older men too and i know this is going to be <laughs> a little bit of a a really hard practice for men okay this is a really hard practice for men but men if you're listening to this podcast now that you understand the importance of friendship and why that needs to be reserved between your true intimate companion right your girlfriend, fiancé, or wife. You need to stop 
simping. <laughs> Those of you who don't know what that word means, it's basically a, a nice guy that like sends out compliments to someone online that they that 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 woman has no interest in having a intimate relationship with that with that guy. And so, what do these guys do? They like say all of these like nice things about them because they somehow believe and think that they're gonna get their attention and therefore they're gonna have some type of established relationship, which is most of the time it never happens, right? So you need to stop simping, guys. You need to reserve all those compliments, all those beautiful, uplifting, edifying words for that woman that truly wants to be with you the woman that reserves her time, her space, and her energy just for you. That's the woman that you need to be complimenting. That's the woman you need to be uplifting. That's the woman you need to strengthen and edify her heart and her mind, stimulate her mind. That's the woman you need to spend your energy on. Not some random chick or some, you know, some woman that is like flaunting her body and like whatever, all these things online. That woman doesn't care for you and she probably doesn't even know your name and probably doesn't even think about you all she wants is attention from random people for whatever reason you know there's some so probably some deficiencies in her that she's trying to fulfill but can never be fulfilled because well she's looking for looking for it in the wrong place so all the young men in this live, in this podcast right now, you need to stop simping and only reserve those wonderful words, those wonderful thoughts, those wonderful gestures, those loving, thoughtful, indifferent gestures and, and sayings for that woman that wants to be with you, that loves you truly. That's the one you need to spend the energy on. So reserve those compliments for someone that deserves your trust, that deserves your emotions, that deserves your time, that deserves you. Because you, my man, or my little man, my prince, or my king, you, man, you're absolutely so important and so vital to how life is designed in this world but you are you need to take care of your soul you need to take care of your heart you need to be thoughtful of how you display your heart to people to 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 women you need to reserve that for only someone that truly cares for you have to worry about being manipulated you'll never have to worry about being broken hearted you never have to worry about feeling lonely because when the time comes and it will come my man it will come that woman is gonna be so in love with you man like no matter what happens she wants to be with you because you are friends you are truly friends 
you have an established connection before you became even intimate and that that's the reason why you need to only give those compliments to that wonderful and gorgeous sexy woman that she is because she deserves your love man she deserves your time and your energy and your thoughts your ways your everything man everything that woman needs you and you need to take care of her you need to hold her you need to <laughs> talk to her like she was your true 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 buddy your true friend right like your 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 true companion you know it's like you know just shooting the breeze and just doing random things and like you know go experience things together and just like be friends man be friends before you come become lovers and you're gonna have such a wonderful wonderful life together <laughs> it's you're gonna have you're gonna go through frustrations that's 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 a guarantee but because you're friends you're gonna see it through together because that's what friends do friends are there for you man friends will spend their time for you because they love you they care for you they want to be there for you Reserve those wonderful words that you have in your heart and your mind and your soul for that woman that wants to be with you and no one else, no one else, no one else deserves those words from you but her, no one else. Do you understand me? This is your friend, man. Stop rushing into things, stop overthinking things, stop putting your worth and your value in someone else, in another human being. Only then can you truly love them, can you truly appreciate them, can you truly be indifferent and patient and ever, ever, ever so kind and loving and merciful and graceful and peaceful. That is the ultimate goal for all relationships, is peace. My goodness. Seriously, guys. No other. No one else deserves your words. No one else deserves your time than the one that wants to pursue you and that you want to pursue as well but establish your friendship first <laughs> all right 
someone requested on this live for me to read a Spanish version of the importance of loving life and living life. So this isn't the same poem by Longfellow, okay? This is a different poem by a different poet. And this one's called Amar la Vida, which means to love life. And this is written by a Hispanic poet, and her name is uh, Panina. Pinona, sorry, Pinona. <laughs> Pinona. I think. Anyway, so this is the poem. You guys ready? All right, I'm going to take a drink of water. You guys tap that screen, and in about 20 seconds, we're going to come back and read this poem in Spanish. Yes. <laughs> All right, y'all. We're going to read in five, four, three. Mira al cielo y al firmamento. Imagina esa otra vida en la inmensidad. Tómate el tiempo para mirar una estrella brillar. Sentirás que solo para ti es su titilar. titilar. Háblale a la luna. Confía en ella. Sé su amigo. Cuéntale tus secretos, tus sentimientos. Ella nunca te defraudará. Sienta el sol sobre tu cuerpo, sobre tu piel. Calentará tu alma con, como abrazo envuelto en sede de miel. Advierte el aroma de una flor. Y el día al día desprenderá un perfume evocador. El canto de un pajarillo, tu atención atraerá. Trata de identificar la melodía de ese cantar. Mira firmemente el fuego del hogar, te hipnotizará. Y se llama algún misterio revelará. Acaricia un lindo animal, se, su ternura su adueñará de ti. Y sonríe, sonrieras con paz. Acércate a una blanca montaña. Deslízate, deslízate por ella y crea fríos globos con los que jugar. Tu alma se expandirá. Siente el tacto de las hojas de papel. Impregnate del interior al leer con las palabras vivarás cosas increíbles de creer cuantiosas risas lágrimas de cristal deja brotar cuando tu ser sienta premio de amanar 
anhela y sueña con quimeras y, e ideales, pequeñas y grandes cosas que convertirán tu mundo en realidades. Razonar y pensar es un don que cultivar. Siempre con, como reflejos de transparente cristal, con sentimientos y honestidad. Sé fiel a tus valores en cualquier obra a realizar y sin descuidar los ingresos. No pagues peajes por cobrar. Alégrate de cualquier tesoro excepcional. Pero aprecia las sencillas gemas que es lo usual. Cuida la salud y esa preciosa hermosura. Pero recuerda dedicar aún más tiempo a la esencia de teo, tu hondura. Viva la curiosidad del bebé que comienza a caminar. No olvides que al volver lo esquina, la esquina hay más pasos para dar. Experimenta, atrévate. Descubre personas, culturas y lugares y luego retorna al rincón del hogar. Donde quieras se encuentra de tu cariño, amor y amistad. Permisas de vida son respetar, compartir y felicidad. Goza inmensamente con la brisa del mar, frescura de gotas de sal, a la que nunca renunciar, ni más ni menos que tu libertad. Y por encima de todo, por encima de todo, amar, que es lo único que importa. ¿Qué hubo? ¿Le gustó? Mucha inspiración, mucho cariño, mucha... muchos pensamientos, mucho propósito. Qué lindo, qué lindo este poema. Poema que tiene, como dicen los costarricenses, pura vida, ¿cierto? Qué lindo. Espero que lo disfrutaron. Se llama Amar la Vida. Y bueno, aquí dice que está escrita por alguien llamada Pinona, pero creo que hay otro nombre que se llama Marta Dos Doreste. Marta Doreste. Así que no sé, no sé qué la escribió, pero el título se llama Amar la Vida. ¿Cierto? Hay que amar la vida. Es un regalo, un regalo de Dios. Un regalo que viene solamente de un... Un ser muy perfecto, muy hecho de amor. También de justicia, también, ¿ok? Y eso es algo que mucha gente no quiere, por lo menos, eh, 
decir <ríe> y confesar que Dios es un Dios de justicia, igual como el amor. Así que hay que amar la vida. Es un regalo, es un, un regalo precioso. Y hay que proteger la vida. En todo sentido, en, en cada fase. Cuando la razón humana viene y razona y en, empieza a, digamos, evaluar la vida y minimizarla, eso es peligro, desafortunadamente. Y hay muchos seres humanos que no entienden eso, no aprecian la vida, no entienden la santidad y la importancia de la vida. Así que lo dejo así para que se lo empiecen y vamos con la siguiente poema. Alright guys, thank you so much for all my English speakers. <laughs> thank you so much for being patient and just sticking around. I read this poem called Loving Life. And it's written by someone supposedly named Pinona, but I think it's written by someone that is named Marta Doreste. But anyway, I want to encourage you to go and read this poem. It is fantastic. It's so beautiful. And it's about loving life and always and protecting the sanctity of life and why life is so important to to choose to live, right? To choose to protect it. And so this is a great, great poem. And so I want to encourage you to read it because it's very, very like motivational and it's very inspirational. And so if you want to learn Spanish, this is a pretty fairly easy poem to read. And, you know, there's some couple of words here that might be a little difficult to, to translate. But for the most part, it's 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 a great poem. It's pretty, pretty manageable. So go read it. So good. So, so, so good. All right, guys, I'm looking forward to this next poem because I honestly started, I wanted to, I actually designed this live based on this one poem. So this this poem is actually written by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. And it's actually about a, a ship, right? Like, a, like an actual boat, an actual ship that was being built. But it has so much more, the message is so much more than that. And it's a little bit long, so I want to read it. And I want to put a lot of live into it, right? Like a lot of lively reading into it. So I think you guys will enjoy this because I certainly enjoyed it when I was practicing this. So here we go, guys. This is going to be so fun. I'm going to take a drink of water. You guys know what to do. Tap that screen. Get those likes up. And get comfy and get cozy because we're going to have such a great time listening to this next poem, y'all. It's going to be so good. Make sure you share this live with somebody that you think might need some encouraging words tonight because you never know. It might speak to them. And so let's do this. All right, I'm going to drink some water. Tap that screen. Let's go. <laughs> I'm reading some of your comments. It's funny. All right. 
night, guys. My throat... Oops, my bad. Alright, guys, my throat is good to go now. It's not dry anymore, so I think I should last this poem. I just want to give a quick little heads up. This is a little bit of a lengthy poem, but it's going to be so fun, guys, alright? Alright, guys, you guys ready? <laughs> Whew! Alright, this is titled... The Building of the Ship by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. You ready? Let's do this. Build me straight, O worthy master, stanch and strong and goodly vessel that shall laugh at all disaster and with wave and whirlwind wrestle. And the merchant's word delighted the master heard, for his heart was in his work, and the heart giveth grace unto every act and every art. Quite a smile played round his lips, as the eddies and the dimples of the tide play round the bows of ships, and that steadily at anchor ride. And with a voice that was full of glee, he answered, Ere long we will launch a vessel as goodly and as strong and stanch and as ever weathered a wintry sea. And first, with nicest skill and art, perfect and finished in every part, a little model the master wrote, which should be to the larger plan. What the child is to the man, its counterpart in miniature, the l and that with a hand more swift and sure, the greater labor might be brought to answer to his inward thought. And as he labored, his mind ran over the various ships that were built of yore, and above all them, and above them all, and strangest of all, toward the great hairy, crank and tall, whose picture was hanging on the wall, with bows and stern raised high in air, and balconies hanging here and there, and signal lanterns and flags afloat, and eight round towers, like those that frown from some old castle, looking down upon the drawbridge bridge and the moat, and he said with a smile, Our ship, I whiz, shall be of another form than this. It was of another form, indeed, built for freight and yet for speed, a beautiful and gallant craft, broad in the beam that the stress of the blast pressing down upon sail and mast might not the sharp bows overwhelm, broad in the beam but sloping aft with graceful curve and slow degrees that she might be docile to the helm and that the currents of parted seas closing behind with mighty force might aid and not impede her course. 
in the shipyard stood the master with the model of the vessel that should laugh at all disaster and with wave and whirlwind wrestle. Covering many a rood of ground lay the timber piled around, timber of chestnut and elm and oak, and scattered here and there with these, the gnarled and crooked cedar knees, brought from regions far away, from Pascugala's sunny bay and the banks of the roaring Roanoke. Ah, what a wondrous thing it is to note how many wheels of toil one thought, one word can set in motion. There's not a ship that sails the ocean, but every climate, every soil must bring its tribute, great or small, and help to build the wooden wall. You see, the sun was rising over the sea, and long the level shadows lay, and if they too, the beams would be of some great airy Argosy. Framed and launched in a single day, that silent architect, the sun, had hewn and laid them every one. Ere the work of man was yet begun, beside the master, when he spoke, a youth against an anchor leaning listened to catch his slightest meaning. That's right. Only the long waves, as they broke, in ripples on the pebbly beach, interrupted the old man's speech. Beautiful they were, in sooth, the old man and the fiery youth. The old man in whose busy brain many a ship that sailed the main was modelled over and over again. And fiery youth, who was to be the heir of his dexterity, the heir of his house and his daughter's hand. That's right, his daughter's hand. When he had built and launched from land what the elder head had planned. Thus, said he, will we build the ship, lay square the blocks upon the slip, and follow well this plan of mine? Choose the timbers with greatest care of all that is un unsound beware, for only what is sound and strong to those and this vessel shall belong. Cedar of Maine and Georgia pine here together shall combine. A goodly frame and a goodly fame, and the union be her name. The day that comes and gives her to the sea shall give my daughter unto thee. And the master's word enraptured the young man heard, and he turned his face aside with a look of joy and a thrill of pride. Standing before his father's door, he saw the form of his promised bride. The sun shone on her golden hair, and her cheek was glowing fresh and fair. With the breath of a morn and the soft sea air, like a beauteous barge was she. Still at rest on the sandy beach, just beyond the billow's reach, but he was the restless, you see, seething, stormy sea. Ah, 
How skillful grows the hand that obeyeth love's command. It is the heart and not the brain that to the highest doth attain. And he who followeth love's behest, far excellent all the rest. Thus, with the rising of the sun was the noble task begun. And soon throughout the shipyard's bounds were heard and intermingled sounds of axes, of mullets, plied with vigorous arms on every side. Plied so deftly and so well that ere and ere the shadows of evening fell. The keel of oak for a noble ship Scarfed and bolted, straight and strong, was laying ready and stretched along. The blocks, well placed upon the slip, happy, thrice happy. Everyone who sees his labor well begun, and not perplexed and multiplied, but idly waiting for time and tide. When the hot long day was over, the young man and the master's door sat with the maiden calm and still, and within the porch a little more removed beyond the evening chill. The father sat and told them tales of wrecks in the great September gales, of pirates coasting the Spanish main and ships that never came back again and the chance and change of a sailor's life, want and plenty, rest and strife, his roving fancy like the wind that nothing can stay and nothing can bind, and the magic charm of foreign lands and the shadows of palms and shining sands where the tumbling surf over the coral reefs of Madagascar washes the feet of the swarthy Lascar as he lies alone and asleep on the turf. And the trembling maiden held her breath, and the tales of that awful pitiless sea, with all its terror and mystery, the dim, dark sea, so like unto death, that divides and yet unites mankind. And whatever the old man paused and gleam from the bowl of his pipe would all a while illume the silent group in the twilight gloom. And thoughtful faces as in a dream. And for a moment one might mark what had been hidden by the dark. That the head of the maiden lay at rest tenderly on the young man's breast. And day by day the vessel grew with timbers fashioned strong and true, stemson, keelson, and sternson knee, till framed with perfect symmetry, a skeleton ship rose up to view. And around the bows and along the side, the heavy hammers and mullets plied, till after many a week, at length, wonderful for form and strength, sublime in its enormous bulk, loomed aloft the shadowy hulk. 
and around its columns of smoke and upwreathing rose from the boiling, bubbling, seething cauldron that glowed and overflowed with the black tar heated for the seething and sheathing, and amid the clamors of clattering hammers, he who listened heard now and then the song of the master and his men. Build me straight, O worthy master, strong, strange, and staunch a goodly vessel that shall laugh at all disaster with the wave and the whirlwind wrestle. And with oaken brace and copper band, lay the, sh lay the rudder on the sand. that, like a thought, should have control over the movement of the whole, and near it the anchor, whose giant hand would reach down and grapple with the land, and immovable and fast, hold the great ship against the bellowing of blast, and at the bows an image stood by a cunning artist carved in wood, with robes of white, and that far behind, seemed to be fluttering in the wind. It was not shaped in a classic mold, not like a nymph of, or goddess of old, a naiad rise, rising from the water, but modeled from the master's daughter. And many a dreary and misty night, twill be seen by the rays of the signal light, speeding along through the rain and the dark, like a ghost in its snow-white sock, and the pilot of some phantom bark, guiding the vessel in its flight by a path none other knows aright. Behold, at last, each tall and tapering mast is swung into its place, shrouds and stays, holding its firm and fast. Long ago, in the deer-hunted forest of Maine, when upon mountain and plain lay the snow they fell, the lordly pine, those grand majestic pines, mid shouts and cheers, the jaded steers, panting beneath the goad, dragged down the weary, winding and winding road, those captive kings so straight and tall, to be shorn of their streaming hair, and naked and bare, to feel the stress and the strain of the wind and the reeling mane, whose roar would remain, remind them forevermore of their native forests they should not see again. And everywhere the slender, graceful spars poise aloft in the air, and at the masthead, white, blue, and red, a flag unrolls in stripes and stars. Ah, when the wanderer, lonely, friendless, in foreign harbors shall behold that flag unrolled, twill be a friendly hand stretched out from his native land, filling his heart with memories sweet and endless.
world is finished, and at length has become the bridal day of beauty, of strength. Today the vessel shall be launched, with fleecy clouds the sky is blanched, and over the bay, slowly in all its splendors dight, the great sun rises to behold the sea and the sight. The ocean old, centuries old, strong as youth and as controlled, pace restless to and fro, up and down the sands of gold, his beating heart is not at rest. And far and wide, with ceaseless flow, his beard of snow heaves with a heaving of his breast. He waits impatient for his bride, and there she stands, with her foot upon the sands, decked with flags and streamers gay in honor of her marriage day, her snow-white signals fluttering and blending round her like a veil descending, ready to be the bride of the grey old sea. And on the deck another bride is standing by her lover's side, shadows from the flags and shrouds like the shadows cast by clouds, broken by many a sunny fleck, fall around them on the deck. The prayer is said, the service is read. The joyous bridegroom bows his head, and in tears the good old master shakes the brown hand of his son, and kisses her daughter's glowing cheek, and in silence, for he cannot speak. And ever faster down his own, the tears begin to run. And the worthy pastor the shepherd of that wandering flock that has the ocean from its wold and that has the vessel for its fold leaping ever from rock to rock spake with accents mild and clear words of warning, words of cheer but tedious to the bridegroom's ear he knew the chart of the sailor's heart and all its pleasures, its griefs, and all its shadows and rocky reefs, and all those secret currents that flow with such resentless undertow, and lift and drift with terrible force, the will from its moorings and its course, therefore he spake, and thus he said, Like unto ships far off to at sea, outward or homeward bound are we, before, behind, and all around, floats and swings the horizon's bound, seems at its distant rim to rise and climb the crystal wall of the skies, and then again to turn and sink as if we could slide from its outer brink. Ah, it is not the sea. It is not the sea that sinks and shelves, but ourselves that rock and rise with endless and uneasy motion, no now touching the very skies, now sinking into the depths of the ocean, and ah, if our souls be poised and swing, let the compass in its brazen ring 
ever level and ever true. To the soil and toil and task we have to do, and we shall sail securely and safely reach the fortunate isles and whose shining beach the sights we see and the sounds we hear will be of those of joyful and joy and not of fear and then the master with his gesture of command waved his hand and at the word Loud and sudden was heard, all around them and below, the sounds of hammers, blow on blow, knocking away the shores and spurs, and see, she stirs, she starts, she moves, she seems to feel the thrill of life along her keel, and spurring with her foot the ground, with one exulting joyous bound, she leaps into the ocean's arms. And lo, from the assembled crowd, those rose, there rose a shout, prolonged and loud, that to the ocean seemed to say, Take her, O bridegroom, old and grey, take her to thy protecting arms, and with all her youth and all her charms. How beautiful she is. How fair she lies with within those arms that press her form with many a soft caress of tenderness and watchful care. Sail forth into the sea, O ship, through wind and wave, right onward steer, and moistened eye and trembling lip are not the signs of doubt or fear. Sail forth into the sea of life, O gentle, loving, trusting wife, and safe from all adversity upon the bosom of that sea thy comings and thy goings be. For gentleness and love and trust prevail over angry wave and gust and in the wreck of noble lives something immortal still survives thou too sail on O ship of state sail on O union strong and great Humanity, with all its fears, with all its hopes of future years, is hanging breathless on thy fate. And we know what master laid thy keel, and what workman wrought thy ribs of steel, who made each mast and sail and rope, what avails rang, what hammers beat. And what a forge and what a heat were shaped with anchors of thy hope. And fear not each sudden sound and shock, tis of the wave and not the rock, tis but the flapping of the sail and not a rent made by the gale. 
In spite of rock and tempest roar, in spite of false lights and on the shore. Sail on, nor fear to breast the sea. And our hearts, our hopes are all with thee. Life is a gift. Life is precious. And when you meet people, see them as a vessel, a ship that is courageously running through waters unknown and rough with turbulence and storms and remember that you are also a vessel and a ship that's going through those storms and no matter who you come up with and who you interact with both you have a story to tell and a connection to have. It may not be an intimate connection, it may not be a significant connection, but there is a connection, and that is the turbulence of life that both of you have experienced. So you need to sail on and be courageous in those waters and choose to live life and protect it, nourish it, Give it a resting place. And feed it. With a grace and a mercy. That is provided to you by an everlasting father that loves you no matter what you. Do in your life. He's waiting for you and is always willing to love you when you choose to love him. So sail on. Don't give up. We may be less than 24 hours away from the new year. And whether you want to use this new year as a way of restoring or coming up with a new self of you don't forget the old you 
there's something to be learned from that. And don't be timid of what is going to happen in the next year. Every day has enough worries of its own. So why waste your time being anxious and dwelling in the unknown? Why don't you go and take a trip somewhere you've never been to? If you're worried about money, okay, then save up. Go. Check it out for yourself. No expectations. Just go. See how wonderful this world is. See how beautiful this place was designed to be. And just rest and sleep with a peace of mind knowing that you are absolutely loved by something far better than every single one of us. No man can love you as much as the Heavenly Father does. And you will find a place of rest, a haven that you never thought was possible. And you will read poems like I do. I'm telling you, you will read poems and read things and you will be so keen and susceptible to wonderful things, good content, and you will learn to filter all the garbage and the things that are so tasteless and negative and just filled with agony. You will learn to filter that out. But most importantly, you'll learn to be patient with the person that you're with or interested in. And you will learn to establish a friendship, a connection that is so much better and much more long-lasting than the intimacy. The intimacy will be a beautiful bonus, a beautiful, like, thing between you. But that's not your goal. <laughs> it should never be your goal. Our faith triumphant over our fears are all with thee. Are all with thee. I hope you have a happy new year and you spend it with friends, family, the people you love. And if you are by yourself, don't dwell in the loneliness. Don't dwell in the isolation. Reach out to somebody because I'm pretty sure they want to talk to you too. Thank you so much here for being here, guys. This has been a great live. This is episode 68. And if you didn't know this already, I have a Spotify account on Spotify. So if you don't have Spotify, I need you to download it on your phone or wherever it is that you lose to listen to music. And I want you to search for Jay Rolden Speaks. 
and you'll see a profile picture of my face. Underneath that profile picture, there's three links. The first one is a link to a sponsor, and there's a second link that basically like <laughs> that uh, lets you allows you to leave a voice message. So if you want to let me know what poems you'd like for me to read in the future, you can do it on there. And I want you to rate the show, by the way. Please, please rate the show. Be honest about it. I really, I don't, you know, if you don't like the show, then that's cool. You can rate it one star if you like. <laughs> really, it doesn't matter. But go ahead and rate it. And let me know how you think, what, you know, what sort of content you would like to see in the future. So leave a message. And then finally, and I know this is going to get a little bit annoying after a while, guys, especially those of you who regularly follow me. But if you see it in your heart and have a place in your heart to support the show right like like support the show financially like there's a link right underneath that profile picture that allows you to support the show just give whatever you can it doesn't really matter like i can't tell you how much that's actually helping me with continuing these podcasts these episodes these shows and i do spend quite a bit of time on like fixing these and you know designing these and coming up with a script and all these things and so even some of these lights i actually purchased with the help of my current subscribers so thank you so much y'all those of you who are currently subscribing to the channel thank you so much i can't tell you how much you make a difference and it really really like keeps me motivated to continue to do these lives and so thank you so much from the bottom of my heart i hope you have a wonderful wonderful new year's and well as i always say y'all if i don't see you this has been an absolute pleasure, and I hope to leave some type of legacy for future generations, and do not worry about what happens, but instead worry about how you're going to pursue truth and once you find it you will have a peace that is unexplainable and can never be taken away from you have a wonderful night everybody take care Bye, everybody.